RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Um, this is the podcast where we talk primarily about our beloved Buccaneers who um, did their impersonation of the Buccaneers uh, yesterday on Raymond James Stadium. That looked like there was quite a few Saints fans there. I wasn't there, but from what I saw on television, saw a lot of black jerseys and, and the like. But that's just the way it is in our world here in the uh, not just Buccaneer world, but uh, Tampa Bay sports. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the game and the direction of this Buccaneer team. And I can't do it myself, or I can't do it myself, but I like to bring in some uh, experts, and we're all experts in our own in our own minds. Uh, but Mr. Uh, Mr. Cook from the Peter Report, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a uh, it's a wonderful, beautiful Monday to be alive in Tampa Bay. It is. It really is, though. Yeah. Lightning played well this weekend. Correct. You know, uh, Buccaneers played well yesterday. Actually, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I was at take the Lightning game. Though. Yeah, they no, lost. no, they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, take it back. Yeah, take that back. And the, and the Did USF win? Buccaneers were bad. US, no, USF oh, yeah. missed, uh, I think, three or four field goals and ended up losing twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah not a good weekend a for Bucs for Tampa Bay sports in general. Yeah. Oh man, uh, Rays are gone, so they can't help us out. Right. Um, no, listen, uh, this Buccaneer team. Um, Yesterday was a turning point for me as a fan because, you know, I've sat here and I watched Jameis for the last five years do what he's done. And the reason why Jameis Winston has a lot of Buccaneer records, um, good, bad, and different, it's because he's too good to take off the field, okay? But I don't know if he could win with Jameis Winston. I, I'm not sure anymore. And I could be wrong. Jameis could leave here and be successful elsewhere. But I, I'm to the point now where I think it's time for Jameis Winston to move on and go somewhere else, and he needs a different atmosphere. That may not be the worst thing, Ian. And really, I don't know that he's – it would literally take him winning a Super Bowl to win this fan base over. Because even if they go to the playoffs and they get bounced in the first round, it'll be Jameis's fault, right? Regardless if it is or not. I mean, he's the lightning rod – of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as you said, good, bad, and indifferent. You've got – he came into this job as a Florida State Seminole, so he got a little blowback from some of the other college teams. Of course But is. also the baggage that he came into the league with. So he kind of had that strike against him. So he kind of had a couple things going against him just to even win some of the fans' attention over. And his play on the field, you know, I, I I keep saying this year he dangles a carrot in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you got a horse and, and you want to lead him, you dangle the uh, carrot in front of the uh, hanging on the stick right in front of their nose, and they just keep walking. and And that's what this guy does from time to time. He has games like he had against Los Angeles. He has a game really, you know, not a bad game against Arizona. Leads them on a ninety two yard drive to win the game in the, in the last couple minutes. And then he has four interception meltdown games. I don't know that yes I don't I wouldn't equate yesterday's game with the Carolina game in London. Um a couple of those throws, the one right before the end of the half was a desperation throw. I mean, you know, he's just trying to make something happen right there in the middle of the field, trying to get a first down, maybe kick a field goal there. 
and and the one to OJ Howard. OJ Howard's juggling the ball, tries to catch it behind his back. I mean, I don't I don't think you pin you don't pin that one on Jameis. No. But at the end of the day, the stats say one thing: he's got eighteen interceptions this yeah. year. And as you and I were talking before we did the podcast, you know, my questions I start wondering: Does Jameis in his camp do they want to be back? Good question. I mean, because you know he understands. It's going to take a Super Bowl ring really to win the fans over, and even then, there's going to be a few of them that aren't. They're, they, they won despite Jameis Winston, right? And um, and, and that's unfortunate to a degree, but you know he's created some of this controversy certainly on his own. And um, I don't know, maybe Jameis Winston decides at the end of the year. I, I don't want to. Here's what Jameis can do if he wants to be back. He can say, uh, you know, sign me to that franchise deal, tag me. Or I'm not signing a lower deal, and I'm walking, right? Yeah, but this is this is the thing with me. Um, watching Jameis, and statistically, he has some statistics that are so poor, he should be on a bench. Mm-hmm. He has some other statistics that are so amazing, you should give him his $27 million. Right. I've never seen a quarterback to do both yeah. at the same time. Right. And... He, Every game I watch, I watch a game where Jameis Winston makes three plays where if he takes them back, had a fabulous game. Uh-huh. The rest of the game is pretty darn, there'll be some glitches here and there, but there's 300 yards of passing in the middle of that. There's a lot of other people that are getting put on the bench, Marcus Mariota and all those other guys. They can't pass for 300 yards. Right. Right. They're, they're, they're throwing three picks, and they're passing for 150. Trubisky. Jameis has thrown five straight games over 300 yards. That's what I'm saying. But but he's had one win. Okay, so for me, do you keep on saying if, 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 and then he can't do it? Five years? Listen, there's certain things that I did really well as a football player, and there's certain things that I was the worst at, but I didn't really change that much. Okay, I didn't have great hand placement. Paul Gruber had great hand placement. I, w- I would have wide hands and be trying to bully people and, you know, strong. It never really changed. Right. This is what Jameis is. Jameis is not going to be a guy that's ever going to go 16 games and throw 10 or fewer interceptions. No way. He's not. No way. But there was another guy who it holds the NFL record for most interceptions. Brett Favre. Brett Favre, yeah. And he wears a gold jacket. Yeah. It, look, again, I'm not trying to apologize for Jameis. I like to debate and argue both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. So if we're negative Jameis, let's go positive Jameis, or let's look at something else. Something I brought up earlier this week on PeterReport.com, and, and I actually brought it up on Twitter. Carson Carson Palmer in his first year under mm-hmm. Bruce Arians threw 22 interceptions mm-hmm. as a veteran guy, an eight-year veteran, I think, at that point, maybe even more, okay? 22, including four interceptions in week 16 against the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Here's the deal. The Cardinals still won that game 17 to 10. Why? Because their defense that year averaged only giving up 19.3 points a game. Mm-hmm. This defense is the worst in the NFL right now. That's fair. The last two years. Again, that's part of – that's not really Jameis dangling that carrot, but that's the thing that management sees that you wonder – what if we were only giving up 20 points a game? How many games? What's our record right now? Despite Jameis Winston having 18 interceptions. That's how the Packers won. With the Reggie Whites and Leroy sure. Butlers and those guys that they brought in on the defensive side of the ball. That when Jameis throws an interception, it doesn't turn into seven points. Last week against Arizona, he throws two. 
the defense actually played well in those situations, only resulted in three points. But a lot of times this year, we've seen those interceptions turn into seven points. More often than not. You know, and and again, I'm just, I'm not trying to make excuses for Jameis Winston. He has to be and should be better at this point in his career. But he hasn't necessarily had the greatest supporting cast, including the guys that are calling the plays. I thought yesterday was the most discombobulated, what are we trying to do Mm -hmm. offensively? This offense has no identity. Right? What are they? I mean, in the first half, Brashard Perriman has more targets than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. That makes zero <laughs> sense to me. How about six six called rushes to running backs? Six. Yeah. The the game wasn't that far out of hand. It wasn't. And 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 and, and I will say this again, looking at the glass half full situation, the Buccaneers didn't get blown out thirty four seventeen against the Cincinnati Bengals. It was the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm that most of us in this room probably would have predicted to be the representative in the Super Bowl this year. And I still think they're going to be the NFC uh, representative in that Super Bowl. They're all in, right? The Saints are all in with Sean Payton. Probably going to be, well, that probably could be somewhere else next year. Drew Brees may be retired. I mean, they went all in, right? They traded a number one draft pick last year for Marcus Davenport for more pass rush help. I mean, they've sacrificed their salary cap and a lot of things to win the Super Bowl this year. So they were playing a very good football team. One of the most damning things that I heard, if you're going to criticize the coaching staff, was Mike Evans after the game, Mm. who said the Saints did absolutely nothing different than they did in week one. There was no difference. They played the same coverages. Now, Marcus Lattimore was out. But as far as the scheme goes, what Dennis Allen was doing with Mm. with the defense was the same thing they saw week one. Well, that, means we're still lose, that means we're losing battles. That's when I'm. There was a couple times, yeah. quite a few times yesterday. For, first and foremost, Jameis was under duress all day, all yeah. all day. Only sacked twice, but hit twelve times. Yeah, I mean he, and there was times he wasn't hit where there was somebody sure. on him real quick. Absolutely, Drew Brees was comfortable all day. All day. All day. We have one sack by a defensive back. If you let Drew Brees, you know what? Drew Brees can't throw the ball 20 yards anymore. You know that's, that anymore. That's what I'm saying. So he why can't. is this defense playing zone and playing off coverage? Why would you not it's man because, up? Because He's have, not going to throw the ball 40 you, yards over this your is head. The, this is the problem, though. If you go man-to-man, which is probably uh, is, is the best look, when they run those crossing routes, nobody can stay with those guys. And the problem is, if you give that quarterback four seconds, that crossing route's coming open every single time. I agree. We if saw you, that against yep. Tyler Lockett. We yep. saw it against a bunch of people. Uh, Fitzgerald killed us. With, but, but you know what? Go. I, I'm a big guy. Like if you're gonna go, go big, right? If you're going to lose, lose going balls to the wall, mm-hmm. all out, bringing blitzes, bringing pressures. If you got to place a man and hope your guys do it, you do it. Where's Jamel Dean? Jamel Dean has eight pass breakups in his previous two games. Four against Seattle, four against Arizona. Mm. He doesn't see the field. To he me, didn't, he didn't see the field yesterday. No, no. How does that happen? Is that a matchup thing? He they, Bruce said they went into the game planning on playing more zone. Jamel doesn't play zone as well as the guys that are in there. Okay. But again, I don't understand. You're, if you're not going to get pressure on Drew Brees, that's he, he he salivates when he sees you playing zone. Yeah, yeah, he salivates yeah. because he's going to pick you apart. Well, Nickel yeah. and dime you. And they had multiple drives of six, 
seven minute drives and 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 you knew they were going to result in scores hell i would rather you know what gouge me for an 80 yarder mm. and let's get the offense back on the field than to watch a slow death well when you have sean murphy bunting on michael thomas uh towards a goal line and that that was stealing like there's at so one many- point it was devin white trying to take they were in zone uh, Michael Thomas comes down the field, goes across, and 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 Devin doesn't pick him up. But it doesn't matter if Devin White does pick him up. That's, that's a, a total mismatch. Completely. That's just a terrible. That's and, a terrible and, schematic. And you're, you're right, but I'm gonna tell you what. Devin White is a special football player, or he's going to be a special football player. I agree. If he stays healthy, because yep. he can do some things that I've not seen. A linebacker do since Shelton Quarles did it well. Mm-hmm. Hardy Nickerson did it well, but this kid, like there was, he got a pass interference almost uh, on the goalposts one right. time, and I was like, "But he was there though." Yeah, yeah. most players can't yeah. get there. Well, we saw him chase down Carson. Yeah, but when from he, a dead stop, when, yeah, once he gets the game, right. he doesn't get it yet. Right. Once he gets it, he's going to be special. Fourteen tackles yesterday, twelve solo. Now, number for loss, no sacks, no pass breakups. I will say this, and with a young football player, at the very least, you want him to be fairly fundamentally sound. And by saying that he had 14 tackles, he was where he was supposed to be, and he didn't miss a lot. Because if you're missing a lot of tackles, you're not racking up 14. Correct. So that's a good sign, you know. And we've seen a few splash plays from him. We've seen him create a couple fumble uh, opportunities in that Seattle game. Would have liked to have seen that yesterday from somebody. Somebody on that defense that had to. That was the only way you were going to beat Drew Brees. You were going to have to force him into a mistake or two and, and hope the Saints get a little sloppy. And they actually did give the Buccaneers a few opportunities with some penalties that called the touchdown back in the first half. Right. And the Buccaneers did force him to kick a couple field goals. So there were some opportunities there. Um, but you talk about complimentary football, and that's what all coaches say. That was as least complimentary football as, as we've seen yesterday. I mean, when the offense did move and get a little momentum, then the defense would give up a play. Yeah. Or the defense would make a play, give the ball, the Buccaneers a ball in decent shape, and the offense couldn't do it. And look, Ian, I'm real simple, man. I'm from Plant City. You know that, all right? And uh, I played at Pinecrest Little League and Plant City High School. And we didn't have a lot of star elite athletes, but we won – a lot of games because we block the best and we tackle the best. Mm-hmm. And it still comes down to that. Sure. And yesterday, Jameis Winston was under pressure because the offensive line didn't block as well. And 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 the Saints, the Saints did. I mean, they got over 100 yards rushing, 109 yesterday, and they kept Drew Brees upright and clean for the most part. And, and that's it doesn't matter if you're playing the Saints, the Patriots, the Cardinals, or the Bengals. The team that blocks the best and tackles the best Correct. is going to have a pretty damn good chance of winning football games. And the Buccaneers just don't do that at times this year. Now, this team built by Jason Light, okay, um, there's been obviously a, a bunch of choices that we've questioned. And there's been some questionable choices that have kind of redeemed themselves this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say Alex Kappa for sure. Ronald uh, Jones. Ronald Jones, 100%. Right. Um, that Devin White pick is looking like a fantastic pick. The Matt Gay pick. Sure. Maybe the best yeah. draft pick of this draft class. I mean, I like, I like, I like him. So 20 of 23. Uh, yep. And I don't think he's missed an extra point since that Giants game. Now, my thing is when Rich McKay was here back in the day, Rich McKay was great at what he did. And I think he knew exact, the exact type of football player that he wanted. 
that's a, that's the one thing I'm not sure Jason Light knows. Like I'm not sure he yeah. knows what exactly he's looking for because at the end of this year, okay, say we're getting better on defense. At the end of this year, Sue's up, JPP is up, uh, Shaq's Barrett is up, Nassib is up. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing mm-hmm. exactly? Yeah. What are we? We're just going to overpay for a bunch of these guys? I mean, I don't see us building anything. I really don't. It's 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 frustrating and. Jason Light has drafted for three different head coaches now. Mm-hmm. All three of them like a different style player. Correct. There's not been that continuity there, too. I'm not saying if Lovey Smith would have stayed, that Jason Light would have built the right roster for him. I'm not saying if Dirk Cutter would have been here, it would have ended up being the right roster. But here's a perfect example. O.J. Howard is not a Bruce Arians schemed offense type of player. I don't know that the Buccaneers draft O.J. Howard in 2017 okay. if Bruce Arians is the head coach sure. here. Right. For Dirk Cutter, it was great. And we saw the success that OJ had before he got hurt in both those years. This, for whatever reason, it's not translating to the field for OJ Howard in this offense. Before yesterday, none of the tight ends did anything. Cam Brate had 14 targets yesterday, 10 catches for 77 yards. None of them very impactful, though. That's, they that's, were all essentially checkdowns. Yeah, that's that's not a good stat line. It's really not. That's not a good stat line. No. It's like, you know, you see sometimes. Fantasy football is messed up football, mm-hmm. okay, because somebody will say, well, the, that quarterback had 290-yard passing and two touchdowns ago, but he threw it 55 yeah. times. So, you know, that's a lot of targets to have so few yards right. and so few points. Imagine if Rob Gronkowski had 14 targets and 10 receptions. How many yards would he have? 150 yards? Oh, for sure. Three touchdowns, for two sure. touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just – the style of offense they run. And again, I I don't care if you don't utilize your tight ends, if that's not your thing. But who is it going to be? Because when they shut down Mike Evans and when they slow down Chris Godwin, now you're running Scotty Miller and Brashard Perryman mm-hmm. out there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, and, and we talked about it on our podcast last night on pewterreport.com, I think the biggest mistake Bruce Arians has made was handing the play calling duties over to a rookie guy in Byron Leftwich. And be right. Bruce You're Arians right. made his name in the NFL, has got two Coach of the Year awards, mm. a couple Super Bowl rings, partly because he was the guy calling the plays. And and it, if he pulls it away, then it really looks bad, right? I mean, we've seen coaches do that in desperate times. We saw Lovey Smith take the play calling duties from the defense away from Leslie Frazier late in the season, you know? Um, And and I don't think Bruce wants to be second-guessed on that because if Bruce does pull the play calling duties away, all of a sudden the offense starts humming a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And listen, as much criticism we get Byron Leftwich, this is still a top-five scoring offense. And that was the problem under Dirk we complained about. They gained a lot of yards but didn't score enough points. They're scoring some points this year. Let me tell you something. But it it just doesn't feel... Yesterday's game was clunky from the start. The very first series, six yard our game. Season is Ronald unclunk. Jones. Our season's clunky. I agree. It's I a agree. clunky season. It's because this this Buccaneer team is hard to figure out. Because if you if if you say offensively, what do you think about this team offensively? I was like, okay, well they move the ball, um, they score points, but they also give it back a lot, a lot, a lot okay, yeah. and that is a big statistic defensively. Like when I'm on the show, Ron's like, "Well, they're getting better because they're stopping the run." No, that's not that's not the statistic. <laughs> the statistic is how many points do you give up? That's right. And they're giving up a lot of points, so yes. stopping the run means 
Nothing. Greg Schiano had the NFL's top-rated run defense yeah. one of his years here, and they gave up the booty every and, and, and day. They still finished like twenty-six and, and and lost. And this 12 team games was last. Was. This team was dead last. Last. Yep. Okay, so you know something has to happen with Jameis. It has to because it's it's at that point. Vinny Testaverde, when Vinny was here way back when, I remember we used to go out and, and throw darts on Friday. And I remember we talked when he was getting towards the end of his uh, contract. And he's like, what do you think I should do? And I said to him, I think you should go. It's time for you to go because everybody blames you for everything right. anyways. Right. You know, so like you almost. You can't you can, win. You can't win. Right. Okay, so, so if Jameis plays three good games in a row, it's just three good games piled on top of all those terrible games. Right. Like, there's, he can't catch up. Right. And I don't think the perception, like when O.J. Howard fumbles the ball and mm-hmm. intercepted, people can't keep out of their mind that that's Jameis Stone interception. Yeah. Or if a guy comes around and he hits his arm and he fumbles, that's just, Right. Tom Brady doesn't get his arm hit. Okay, right. that's, you know what I'm yeah, saying. No, I agree. That's why he doesn't fumble the ball. Yeah. So it's a tough situation, and the Buccaneers at the end of this year. They're in a tough situation because you could franchise them and say, I'm going to give you $27 million, whatever it's going to be. But then you got to give them $27 million. Right. What if nobody else thinks he's worth that money? Then you're sitting here holding somebody you don't really want. Okay, so it's not quite that easy to just slap a franchise and it all takes care of itself. It's a I, lot of money. I, I wrote in, we do a Monday mailbag on Monday, and I did it this morning. Should have done it last night, but I was too lazy. So I did it this morning, but... You know, somebody was asking about the future. Does if if Light gets fired, if Jameis goes, does Light get fired? Then does that domino effect cause Bruce to leave? My my, and I said I'm just speculating. I've got no inside knowledge on what's going to happen because I don't think anybody knows. I don't think the Glazers nope. know what they're going to do don't. yet. No okay? way. There's no way. So, but but I, if I had to put money on something, I would say it's a one more year for everybody, and this is it. You franchise Jameis. You tag him for one year. You give Bruce that second year with Jameis Winston, and Jason Light's got to cross his fingers and toes that these young kids in the secondary and some of these other draft picks pan out in an offseason and they're a playoff team next year because anything less than the playoffs in 2020, and, and it's a failure. No doubt. This is my problem with that. And – you're asking the fans a lot. A lot. You're asking a lot of the fans. Well, they're, they're, I'll, I'll, you beat me to that. I'm, I'm a Buccaneer fan. I want the Buccaneers to win. I'm not a Jameis fan, although I, I could, I think I could see him in a different light than a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm, okay, sure. I can see some things in him that maybe some others don't. And you can. No, it's not can. Yeah. It's not. You think you can because yeah. you. Watched game film with the actual quarterbacks. You played Correct. in the league. You notice there are throws that Jameis Winston yeah. makes that nine out of ten quarterbacks don't even attempt to make Correct. those throws. There was a couple right? of throws yesterday that were fantastic. That catches weren't made. Yeah, a couple down you know, had to dig them right. out. But you know, but but the, but, an, but a casual fan mm. sees that and said. Well, Jameis, you got to get that ball up. But if Jameis gets that ball up, it's the linebackers right there swat it down. It's intercepted. Right there. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. There's, there's little things. Right. But talk about the second year with Jameis, okay, and Jason Light, you know, picking. Fans are getting towards the end of it, man. Fans, they don't want to see it anymore. They don't want to see Jameis anymore. Right. Like, they, like if we, it's going to be hard to convince Buccaneer fans to be optimistic next year with Jameis Winston f- 
50 percent of them are going to be pissed that Jameis yeah. is still there. Okay, yeah. and now the 50 percent that Jameis fans, 25 percent of them are humming and hawing now because yeah. that's me. Because I'm like, well, come on, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot now. Right. I've been watching this a long ass time. And Jason Light, nobody wants to hear what Jason Light's picks. Right. You know, it's to the point where in the last couple of years his picks haven't been that bad. But then you go back to 2016, and that's what one of the worst drafts of the in the history of drafts. Certainly of this franchise, you know? it was as bad as any. That well, who's seen. had one worse than that? Where nobody yeah. else is on the nobody's on a freaking yeah. roster. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah. In three years, that's hard to do, man. Real hard. Yeah. So for me, this year's a wash. Everybody gets that. You know, everybody at the beginning of the year. Some people were saying playoffs. Some people. I was like, come on, man. It doesn't really work that way. Okay, you don't flip a switch and all of a sudden you, you go to the playoffs because um, just because you brought in a new coordinator, that usually works the other way. Okay, it takes a while before Bruce Aarons has his type of player here. Todd Bowles has his type of player. Right. Last year, we didn't have a 3-4 personnel, but we didn't change anything. Sure. So we're trying to figure out how to get some 3-4 personnel in here. Do you pay Shaq Barrett all that money at the end of the year? So there's a lot of decisions need to be made, yeah. man. A lot. A lot of, a lot of question marks going into this offseason. And, you know, the, the one another thing I wrote in today's mailbag was um, it is difficult to evaluate a roster based on just looking at past film. And Vernon Hargraves is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles, uh, Kevin Ross, Bruce Arians, they watched the film, and there hadn't been a lot because he's been hurt the last sure. four years, but they watched the film, and they thought, you know what? This is a good cornerback. We can win with this guy mm-hmm. based on what they saw on film. But we don't know, and again, I'm not saying I know anything about Vernon, but but just in general, we don't know what a player's study habits are. Mm-hmm. They don't know what a player's practice habits are. They don't know how well they take coaching and criticism Correct. and how quick they can learn. So you can evaluate a roster on film, as this staff had to do, but until they get them on a field for 16 games, it's difficult. I think you're going to see a ton of roster turnover mm. because now Bruce Arians and his staff knows, number one, who can pick up the system, who has the talent to play their type of system. doesn't mean Vernon Hargraves can't go somewhere else and be successful or any of these That's players. It, it's, it's, it's sometimes all about scheme and relationships and, and the players around you. But you know they're going to be able to now not just look at film – they're going to have firsthand knowledge of these guys from what time they get to the building, what time they leave, what are they doing extra if they're doing anything at all, if they're a bad apple in the locker room, all of those things that you can't evaluate from a roster just looking at tape. And that's what they started this season off with by trying to evaluate a roster based on you know just game film, not personal human interaction. And that's a big part of things with Bruce Arians, as we've seen. Because people, a lot of people have forgotten – he, he got on Vernon's ass first day of training camp. First day. Correct. First day of training camp. Yep. So, again, he didn't say that when I talked to him in March in Arizona at the owner's meeting. He was all about Vernon Hargraves. But at that point, I don't know that he even met Vernon Hargraves, right? You know? Probably not. And so, <laughs> so quickly things turned sour in that relationship, and it never really improved. And, um, you know, Bruce is going to have an opportunity now and his staff to sit down at the end of the year and say these are our type of football players. Doesn't mean the guys we get rid of are necessarily bad, mm. but they're not our type of guys. Sure. And then he can go to Jason Light and say, 
all right, let's rewind in history. I don't want an OJ Howard at number 19. I want a Dalvin Cook at running back. You know, that would have been a better fit if you could turn back time. But see, now he'll be able to say, this is what I need to win next year. This is the type of player that I need to win next year. Doesn't mean, still doesn't mean they draft the right ones Mm -hmm. because you just don't know. It it really is a crapshoot. The success rate of first-round draft picks being in the league four years or longer is still only 50%, and that's in the first round. And it only gets lower as you go deeper into the draft. That's what is worrying me because where the Buccaneers are going now, you know, I almost wanted to put Ryan Griffin in the game yesterday. Mm -hmm. I swear to God. Like, I was like – this this is not the right equation. Right. This 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 is not going to work. I've been watching this for a long time. It doesn't work. Ryan Griffin put him in there. Maybe brings a spark. I'm serious. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. Um, but when you go into the off season, the job for this organization is to be is going to be to kind of bridge to the next year and look like you're going in the right direction. Right. I don't see it. I don't see with the quarterback situation, regardless yep. what happens there. Yep. Yep. But with the, with with these with these lines, we're, we're not that good inside. We're just not that good. We have two great wide receivers. Our t- we we run two tight end sets, but we don't use our tight ends. We have two average running backs. Uh, you know, our pass rush isn't there. You can't buy a pass rush. Yeah. So where are we going to go? We still have next year. We're still going to have young defensive backs. They're going to be young. I mean, still, Carlton Davis is in his second year. He's a little better than he was as a rookie. No, I mean, he's, he's but, getting but, there. But it takes a long time. Now, I asked Todd Bowles this last week in his press conference because Greg Shiano told me a long time ago, in his opinion, he thought cornerback was, other than quarterback, cornerback was the diff- most difficult position for a college guy to transition to in the NFL. Sure, absolutely. And, and I asked Todd Bowles that specifically last week on Wednesday or Thursday. He said, yes, but he th- also thinks middle linebacker. Because you have to make so many different calls, reads, and 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 be in position, he said. But 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 cornerback is a very difficult thing. Um, so you're going to be starting a second year starter at middle linebacker. That's still going to be learning the game. Sure, you're going to be starting a bunch of young guys in the secondary again. But my whole thing is, and I've said it, if I'm if I'm the Buccaneers, I'm going heavy offensive line like they have defensive backs in this draft, and I am going out and I'm getting two veteran cornerbacks. They don't even have to be starters. This secondary had no leadership. When Ryan Smith and Vernon Hargraves were the two oldest players in your secondary, there's no leadership there. That's true. Who, who, and, and, and that's the reason Vernon is not here anymore. Look, Rondé Barber, and, and I'll even say Aqib Tlaib, as big of a knucklehead this yeah. guy was, he practiced his ass off. He was off. a professional, though. He watched film. Yep. He was a professional, right? They did not – Vernon, again, Vernon – I don't know what Vernon did or didn't do, but when you start speculating on why they got rid of him midseason instead of waiting till the end of the year, you have to start thinking, do you want your young guys learning habits of Correct. Vernon Hargraves? Correct. And not hustling on the field? Mm-hmm. If they see – and Monday morning when they're watching film with Coach Ross and they see Vernon Hargraves loafing mm-hmm. and he's not called out for it, then Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis all would be like, okay, well, that's the way you do it. Yep. You know, you know Correct. this. We were in these meeting rooms. Having those veteran guys, even if they're not necessarily stars or starters, mm-hmm. and you can find you don't have to go out and trade for a Jalen Ramsey-type talent, even a Janoris Jenkins-type talent. But listen, Morris Claiborne, right, not the greatest cornerback in the world, has bounced around mm-hmm. quite a bit, did not sign until August 8th this year with the Chiefs 
Andy Reid, knows a little bit about football, right? Sure. For $1.5 million. Do not tell me Morris Claiborne would not have been an asset to this young secondary. And probably they beat Seattle if Morris Claiborne's in there and not Jamel Dean. Or anybody else. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, anybody back there. I mean, yeah. again, I'm not a big, huge Mo Claiborne fan, but at the same time, I am a fan of having some veterans, at least one solid veteran yeah. in each meeting room. It's, you know what it's, I mean? It's essential. It's essential. Yeah. Just like they were saying the other day, um, like hockey doesn't have as many, as many players. But I don't. there's never been a Stanley Cup champion that hasn't had a Stanley Cup champion on it. You have to, somebody has to know what it looks like and feels like. And when I sat in front of Bill Parcells, that's the one thing, that's one of the first things Bill Parcells said to me. He goes, I know what it looks like. Yeah. And I, at first I didn't get it. Right. But he goes, son, I know what it looks like. You know what a good football player is. I know what a good football team is. We have a good football team. We're ready to go to a championship. And I was in like in 2000. And Vinny tore his Achilles that year. Mm-hmm. Or else they were good. Yeah. Like they were, they might have yeah. gone. I think they went to the playoffs with like Ray Lucas or right. something like that. Right. So. And, I, and you know what? And Bill Parcells mm, twice mm. almost came to Tampa Bay and probably looked at this team and said, yeah, I don't I'm see not, it. I, well, I'm not seeing it. And his wife backed up. This organization, brother, is um, it's dummied down some people, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's so many quarterbacks that have been through here and not succeeded. And then you, you, we keep on blaming the quarterbacks. Right. Maybe it's the organization. You can't tell me every quarterback that ever went through Cleveland sucks. The, 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 again, we've, we've, we've recited this stat to the point where we've run it in the ground. But in 45 years, they've yet to sign a drafted quarterback to a second contract. That's, that's just that's crazy. mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. That's and, crazy. And they've allowed three of them to walk. They yeah. went on and now have Super Bowl That's rings. what I'm saying. You can say what you want about Trent Dilfer. His, he's got the same amount of rings as Drew Brees. At the end of the day, yeah. he's got a ring on yeah, his finger. Yeah, he does. Game manager or not. Yeah. Greatest defense in the history of the NFL. It doesn't matter. I don't care. He was the guy, and he's got that oh. ring, and nobody's taking that ring away from him. Oh, no, I defend Trent Dilfer. Yeah. I defend, well, well Trent Dilfer, what I go, he, he, he quarterbacked a Super Bowl champion. Right. That's hard. Right. I don't care what you say. Yes. It's hard to play 16 games, not mess up, then play the playoffs with all that pressure in right. front of everybody. Right. All that's hard, bro. Right. He still to make even throws. more pressure because the defense was so good. Yeah, exactly. That if they were going to lose, it was going to be because of him. Correct. If they weren't going to win, it was going to mm. be because it wasn't going to be the defense's mm. fault. It was going to be Trent Dilfer's fault. And yet he still managed to pull it off. This one even bothers me even more. When I hear people say, I hear, Trent Dilfer on television, why is he talking about being quarterback? What does he know? Uh, what does he know? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. What do you, no, what do you know? Right, right. What do right. you, I mean, right. he, he, he played 15 years. Yeah, yeah. In the NFL. Right. Then he coached. He's forgotten more stuff oh, than most on. people know. Come on. Will ever know. Absolutely. Yeah. And listen, is, I, is it, you can, you can, we can look at his career as a whole. And from his, you know, number one draft pick status, a top 10 guy, say it was disappointing. Again, at the end of the day, he's got a ring. He put up a bunch of yards. Vinny Testaverde is top five in all time in passing Co- yards in the NFL. Plays, yes, I think it ended up 16 or 17 yes, years. Correct. You know, in this league. Yeah. He kept, but Jameis Winston will have a job in the NFL for a long yes, time. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He's better than Vinny Testaverde, in my opinion. He's better than Vinny Testaverde. And Vinny played as long as he did. He's a lot better than Trent Dilfer. He Trent Dilfer be- played for a he, long time. He has better supporting cast. Jameis does. 
Well, that's true. Then, then, Vinny, then, Vinny Vinny. Did, definitely more. He, he had Vinny. he had Bruce Hill and Mark Carrier for a couple of years, and, and that was about it. But I mean, we have tight ends and all kind of stuff. I and agree. And and he plays in an era where it's way different. Where, where where you know the quarterback is protected, the the rules favor the offense, and things like that. They can't take your head off anymore. And, but but I still believe that 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 regardless of where Jameis goes, he'll. Play another ten years in this league. I, I agree. He'll have a job. He may not. He may not be a starter. Yeah. I don't know where he'll be ten years. But I'm just saying, he, quarterbacks are hard to find. Mm-hmm. There's only 32 jobs, right? And if somebody asked me in the mailbag today, well, why don't the Buccaneers have Teddy Bridgewater as a backup? Well, I mean, number one, there was only one Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> yeah. out there. He signed for 7.25 million dollars. The Buccaneers, you can't. The Saints are different because they have Drew Brees, who's over 40 years old, who's Ooh. fragile, who they're all in on a Super Bowl this year, right? Buccaneers brought Blaine Gabbard in, and uh, you know for for three million dollars. Mm-hmm. So again, you can't paying seven million dollars for a guy that you hope never sees the field is kind of crazy, unless you know that you're a Super Bowl potential winning team. They knew they weren't going to win the Super Bowl this year. Nobody, Bruce, Bruce, oh, listen, they, all yeah, this stuff made, about, you know, we're going to be pretty good. You know, we got more talent than I had in Arizona when we finished 10 and 6 yeah. my first year, all that stuff. It, it doesn't matter. They're they weren't going to win a Super talking Bowl to, this year. They're talking to themselves. Yeah. And the Teddy Bridgewater thing, Teddy Bridgewater for the $7 million got in, earned his money this year. Now everybody's talking about him getting $25 million. If you put Teddy Bridgewater on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he doesn't win. No, it's, it's not this he, year. This year's no, no different. No, no, not with that. There, pe- there are three and seven football team or whatever they are. Regardless. Yeah, with Teddy Bridgewater. That's the thing. You're supposed to build your football team to where you can play football with anybody at the helm. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, you, when you when somebody goes down in New England, doesn't matter who you put in there. They're, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to play. They're going to play ball around them. Right. Play if you have to win with defense, right. and that's how you're going to have to win. Right. That's when you when you talk about managing games. The, Jameis Winston the, can't manage. The a game only here. way this Buccaneer football team wins is if Jameis Winston plays outstanding. Period. Because in games where Jameis Winston has not had a turnover, mm. which hasn't been many in his career, the team is still only twelve and thirteen. They still have a losing yeah. record. That's what I, I, try, I try to say that to people, and it's hard because when you're losing, and a lot of the reasons why we're losing at times is because of Jameis. Yes. There's no doubt. Yes. But when you're losing as often as we do, you can be Mike Glennon and just punt the ball. Mm-hmm. But then you lose every game. Mm-hmm. Or you'd be like Jameis Winston, who comes back and wins some games, <laughs> some games but yeah. is going to throw some right, picks. Right, right. So, but I, I can't watch Mike Glennon. I can't watch it. Right. You know, so it's the good and the bad and the ugly all in one rolled up with Jameis Winston. And as long as he's here, we're going to see this. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you can get it out of him. I don't know if, as a guy who's a Florida State fan, who will forever love Jameis Winston because he won a national championship, mm. right? Uh, in 2013. Now, again, I know people don't believe this, but once a guy leaves college and I'm covering the NFL, it doesn't matter. I actually wanted the Buccaneers to draft Vernon Hargraves, a Gator. It had nothing to do with where they went to school. Sure, I don't I care. Thought he was, I, don't I care. thought he was the best quarterback at the point where they were drafted. I don't yeah. care about that. No, me neither. You know, but even me, I'm to the point now where I'm, I'm like you, Ian. I'm just getting kind of tired of seeing the same thing. Yeah. Regardless of whose fault it is, you know, it may be time to try something different. Although I still have a feeling the, the Glazers don't want to blow this all up. They don't. So I think, and, and Bruce wants Jason to be here. 
we don't know yet if Bruce has the energy to start over with a brand That's new quarterback. Thing, and I'll tell you something. They may draft a quarterback next year. Jameis may be gone. But I can assure you there will be an eight- or ten-year veteran somewhere. And it may be a Teddy Bridgewater type. It could be, you know, somebody like that. There's not uh, a Ryan Tannehill type of guy. He's going to have a veteran guy. Yeah. He's going to have a Carson Palmer. Okay. Type guy. Okay. Because there's not a lot of names out there, man. There's not. There's not. Like like Carson Palmer is a great name, but you think you're going to win a championship? He's not going to make it through the season. Kyle Allen. Somebody brought that up. When they brought up the Teddy Bridgewater rule, you know, know, why why can the Carolina Panthers have Kyle Allen? I was like, dude, I didn't even know who Kyle Allen was. And I cover the NFL. He's not playing that great. No, they lost a couple in a row now. I mean, it's come back down to earth, whatever he got. They won a few games with him. He's not the future in Carolina. We all know that. Everybody, when when you hear a mania, okay, Minshew mania, it's 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 not going to last. Oh, if if Cam gets back healthy, should he? Yeah, though, Cam should, if Cam's healthy, he should be ahead of him because he's better than him. They're there. There is a guy. He's going to be somewhere else, probably. There is a guy that I think Bruce Arians would take a strong look at. Absolutely. No way. 100%. I don't see it. 100%. He could be a guy that this team takes a look at. A veteran guy who's been to the Super Bowl. I mean, again, I don't understand. I don't know all of his health issues and things like that. Mm. Is he going to be durable enough? He's certainly not the same Cam Newton that was running all over the field five, six years ago. But he fits that Bruce Arians type guy. You know, kind of that veteran guy that that Bruce, you know, is not going to have to groom and go through a lot of growing pains with. We know what Cam Newton is. Cam, what he does well, what he doesn't do well. I can see an Andy Dalton type of player. Yeah, like you can no. win. You can win with Andy Dalton. Yeah, if you're good around Andy Dalton, right. you can win. Right. You know. Listen, I love Brad Johnson. Again, another Florida State guy. Yeah. He couldn't beat out Casey Weldon in Tallahassee. Yeah, he, but, he did not beat out Casey Weldon but Brad in Tallahassee. Johnson is a tough. Tough football player and a smart uh, cerebral football yes, player. Yes, and he took, he took, he was so much tougher than people know. But but he, here was a guy who played for two different teams before he got to Tampa. I think sure. two. I know the Redskins and Minnesota. I don't remember who else he played Dallas. for. I mean, so yeah. before he found his, you know, and maybe that's what Jameis does. Maybe Jameis becomes a Brad Johnson five more years from now. It's I don't possible. know. It's possible. You know. You know. I mean, I I see Jameis having some success somewhere. Um, it just, it's, I don't stalk him here. He's got to be, he's got to have the right cast around him. Correct. The right coaching staff, but also a really good defense is going to bail him out because he's going to throw yeah. interceptions. He's going to fumble the football from time to time. And, but yet he's also going to drive you 92 yards against Arizona, against Arizona, <coughs> which turned out not to be a bad football team. That's yeah. not as bad. That's, no. that's a decent win that they had. The thing is, this team can't string them together. No. They they're can't not, build well, off of not, them. Well, what are they building off of? What are they know. building off of? What do they do consistently? Yeah. What does this team do week in and week out? Uh, Stop the run. Yep. That's it. Yep. Let me ask you this, and I brought this up, and, and people have been like, no, that's crazy talk. You'll know this a little bit more than, than some of the people I've asked. Is a commitment to stopping the run, can you overcommit so much to stopping the run that you can hurt your back end? Yes, absolutely. If you talk about— How are you the best at stopping the run and the worst against stopping the pass? Remember the Buccaneers way back when they were the best? You know what they were doing? 
rushing the passer every play, every down. Yeah, that's right. And on the way to rushing the passer, they, <laughs> they stopped start, the run. Yes, yes. And now we're doing the other we're doing I, I, the other way. I heard the commentators last night in that game talk about Aaron Donald. Well, sometimes he gets up the field so fast that he – you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because he also has the most tackles for losses and the most sacks, sacks and the yes. most quarterback yes. pressures and most that's quarterback okay. hits. Yeah. Okay. All this – listen, stopping the run was so crucial when Tony Dorsett was running the football and yeah. Franco Harris yeah. and even James Wilder. How many running backs single-handedly take a team on their back and lead them to a Super Bowl? Tell me. It's been a long time. A long it's time. Been, it's been since probably the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Or, or we're talking about now. Redskins. You're right. Terrell Davis yeah. and, the, and the Broncos. I mean, that just – I mean, it's just kind of an old-school mentality. Yeah. I, you know, yes, you don't want to get gouged for – you know, 150 yards. But if a running back is 150 yards, but you're only giving up 150 yards passing, yeah. you stand a pretty damn good chance of still winning the football game. Defense is all speed now. It's it's all about speed. If you don't have speed on your defense, mm-hmm. it, it ain't going to work. You know, and, and we just we don't put the quarterback on the ground enough. That's right. And I think that's the most important thing in football now is put the quarterback yep. on the ground, get in the quarterback's face. and uh, At least make him uncomfortable because we see how Jameis sure. Winston performs when he's uncomfortable. Or Tom Brady. Or Absolutely. Drew Brees. Absolutely. All these guys. You Look see, at what the Falcons did when they held the Saints to nine points two weeks they ago. They beat the crap out of them. Six times. They Six beat the crap. I watched it. They yep. beat the crap out of them. They just beat them up front. And when the Buccaneers have been successful, mm. and they have beaten Drew Brees mm. a handful of times, they they've split after, the series. They've got after them. They've got after them. Yeah. Well, Wait, if, I mean, to me, that was the worst game plan that Todd Bowles has had this year, where we're going to sit back, we're going to tackle. We're not going to let anything over our head. Drew Brees can't throw the ball 40 yards down the field anymore. Well, Kamara, he just can't. Kamara should kill you with the little dinks and dunks, that's for sure. And then they just move, they just that's methodically move the ball was, down the field. That was it. Well, let's hope that they figure some things out quickly. Um, I don't see it myself. I will um, say this, Ian, before we leave. Mm-hmm. Jerry, bad football is still better than no football at all. You're right. Megan asked me the other day, she's like, why are you watching this game? You don't even care about these two teams. Because I said, because in March, yeah, when there's it's no Sunday football. night and there's <laughs> nothing on, and I'm watching a crappy game on Saturday yeah. of college football, yeah. you know, and she's like, why? Because it's going to be gone. Yeah. We're, we're, we're halfway done with the NFL season, right? Six games left, something like that, a month and a half left before the playoffs. We're going to be... We're going to be jonesing for some football here in a few months. Playoffs. I'll take bad What's, football over no football. What is that playoff word you speak of? I, I, I just can't uh, seriously, remember. playoffs. A long time ago. Jesus Christ. It's been a long time since we had a playoff feel around here, brother. Long, that's, long that's time. That's right. And it's getting, it's getting tiresome a little bit. Some know? people would say I'm the I'm the problem. I, mean, I started covering the Buccaneers full time for Scott back in 2011. And it is, yeah. yeah, no playoffs since then. John Gruden once told me I was the problem <laughs> when they were 5-11. and 11. Yeah, it was all your fault. Yeah, it was my fault, yes, because yeah. uh, I was yeah. doing a John Gruden show. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> he he was a hoot. <laughs> he was. You know hoot. what? And, and a lot of, after last year, after last season, a lot of people were saying, oh, aren't you glad the bucket? Because they were really hot. The Glazers sure. really wanted Gruden to come back here. Oh, God. And, uh, and you think, oh, man, that, that would have been, a, you know, after last year, it looked smart that they didn't get him. Don't look now. The Raiders are playing pretty decent football. <coughs> they Six are. Six and four right now. They are. I mean, they're no threat to well, the AFC. You, you don't but, need to do much in the AFC, but right now. Uh, that's you know true. You just, and they've had a ton of injuries. ton of injuries on that football team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, Derek Carr and John Gruden aren't going to get along. And they're making it work right now. Still very early. Yeah. That could implode any second. But wouldn't you take six and four over three and seven right now? Though? Yeah, well, yeah. Those are two organizations going in way, way different directions, yeah. unfortunately. They have uh, five of the first 100 picks in the draft. Yeah. 
It's pretty, that's pretty. That's not bad. I like my Mike Mayock. I like Mike Mayock as the GM there. I, I yeah. had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with him at the East West Shrine game and the Senior Bowl over the last seven or eight years. Very wise man. Smart, smart very, very man. Sm- yeah, smart absolutely. man. And and the right guy for Gruden because Gruden, you know, this can't work with everybody or anybody or any or anybody. The fact that him and Mike are kind of <laughs> making it work a little bit for now. That's good for now. Yeah. For now, you're right. Because you know very well, you know John Gruden just. Barrels forward yes. and this yes. carnage behind him. Yes, yeah, he just right, kind of he's No, seriously, yeah. Yeah. if you somebody really sits and looks at it, he's knocked down every pin everywhere he's gone. Like right. he's he can't work with anybody. Right, like he couldn't work with any of his Monday Night Football compadres. Yeah, they all fell. Yeah, we, he fired Rich McKay. <laughs> Rich McKay was in that locker room when he was two. Yeah, that's you true. know what I mean. He fired Rich McKay. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, he couldn't work with nobody. Yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. your boy. Um, no, I'm my boy. <laughs> my boy. That's your boy. Uh, certainly not. That's my Jerry's boy. boy. Uh, there you go. But I appreciate everybody listening in. This has been great. Um, if anybody wants to get in contact with yourself, Peter Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PeterReport.com. You know, we got a ton of stuff up. All our post-game coverage from yesterday. We do most impressive, most disappointing, a game recap. Scott writes a column after the game. We've got our Monday mailbag. Trevor Sikma does his cover three on Tuesdays where he does film breakdown. Um, we got a little bit of uh, something for everybody, so we hope you'll check us out. Follow us on PeterReport.com, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and, of course, go to the website if they will. We'd appreciate it. we got to get Trevor in here to break some film down over here. Yeah, I told him uh, I was doing the thing. He goes, yeah. Ian doesn't like me anymore. He hasn't had me on in a while. Oh, get out of here. I said, Ian just forgets about <laughs> us from time to time. Yeah, bro, it's a middle of this yeah. whole thing. A lot of things happening in my world. Yes, yes. He's a busy man. Yes, we're all busy. Yeah. But I appreciate everybody listening in. Hopefully next week uh, the Buccaneers figure out a way to beat the Mighty Falcons. Mighty Falcons, who don't look now. Yeah, they're playing some pretty damn good football. This is a fight for the cellar to yeah. stay out of the cellar well, of the NFC South. Nobody can beat us when we try to <laughs> be in the cellar because we stay in the cellar, that is for sure. Yeah. Everybody have a wonderful week. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. I'm notorious for being one of those, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Type of people. And the people closest to me call me on my bullshit. Yeah. People that I'm, I work around, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Well, whatever. But the people that matter and the people that know, know what that means. Right. We talked about, and I don't want to limit it to guys, but that's just the way men are brought up, or at least how I was brought up. And Same. yeah, I don't want to sound like the old guy, but you know, that's just the way our generation was brought up. You know, yeah. guys can't show their emotions. Guys have got to be the strong ones. And you know, the people that really need the help aren't getting the help they need mm-hmm. because of I'm fine. A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and Jerry P. Tuck can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.